Welcome to Drunk on Social, the symposium, where we help you stay ahead of social media trends, share the latest news, and highlight the strategies that are working to help you grow your business. Now let's join our hosts, Tristan and Jeff, in three, two, one. Drunk on Social. We are back for another episode of The Symposium, episode number eight. And once again, we have a full slate of news, social media news for you. If you're new, if you're new to this podcast, this is the place that you come to know exactly what's happening in the social media world, usually even ahead of when it's actually happening. And here's the deal. We record these weeks in advance of actually releasing And even with that said, this will probably always be relatively new news to you. Uh, And we are going to give it to you and we're going to tell you how it applies to you and your business. So remember to hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get these every single week in your podcast app. We're everywhere. You can't miss us. Uh, And so with that said, welcome in my uh, co-host every week, Tristan Ahumada, who brings the fire. Tristan, where are we starting this week, my friend? Dude. I'm I'm excited. We don't have a lot, a lot, but damn, what we have is really good. Let's do it. And today we're going to start with Apple because they control the App Store, right? It's nuts. Kind of, they're kind of an important uh, player in the world. No, yeah, just just a little bit. Apple says it's updating its opt-in prompts for users' data tracking, and that's happened already. So you're going to look at your phone you're going to be asked questions like, hey, this app is tracking you. Are you okay with all of this information that they're they're tracking you with? And you're going to be able to say, allow tracking or ask app not to track. And for us, it's really important because it takes away a lot of the power that social media companies have. But like, dude, look at TikTok. Everybody was freaked out that they were grabbing all of this information about where we were living, what we were buying, our preferences, everything. And they were using it to retarget and possibly other things, right? But Apple's like, hey, you know what? Enough's enough. Who knows the real reason, right? They probably want to make money out of something, but uh, this this is in play now. And now that's going to affect the way that companies work and the information that they can gather. But I have a question for you on this one. Mm-hmm. Does it matter for you? Are you going to allow Apple, not Apple, but are you going to allow some of the apps to track you? Well, this goes back to the conversation, you know, the conspiracy theories that so many people have. And you need to think about this with an open mind, because if you're, if you're subscribing to this podcast, it's likely that you're interested in staying hip to what's happening in the social media world for the sake of your business. And so my point of saying that is, is you can't be too faced with your thought process. If you truly believe in social media as it is, mm-hmm. you, you can't be the person who like believes in being secretive and that every, you know, everything's a conspiracy. And so <laughs> there is some value to data tracking, Yep. right? Um, I, my personal opinion on it is, I actually feel like some of the data tracking is um, sometimes maybe eats my battery. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really concerned about people knowing where I am or apps knowing where I am. I think that's, come on, they've already got, Google already knows, yeah. Facebook already knows. Uh, so I don't know. 
I, I think this is one of those topics, just like the TikTok topic, just like the conspiracies that I think we overthink this stuff. And again, you can't have both. Like what, what, where do you want to be on this? I, I don't know. What do you think? Dude, I was thinking about this the other day and I'm aware of the things that I buy typically through Instagram or Facebook and they target me pretty well. Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm happy with the things I get targeted notebooks and tech, right? And some of the tech and notebooks, if they didn't track me, I really wouldn't go and search for these things and I would never find them. Yeah. So when it comes to Instagram, I'm going to allow them to track my preferences because dude, I have some of the most amazing notebooks because of it. Yeah. Well, and that's a good, you bring up a good point. And so it's like, if you are in, if you're playing the social media game, you're targeting an audience, either organically or you're paying to target an audience. And so the way I look at it is, is like practice what you preach. And so like, like what you just said, uh, somebody, I was, it was one of my kids yesterday, we were talking about something and, and a targeted ad came up and it was Cash and I, it was my stepson. And I deliberately clicked on the ad because I wanted it to follow me around. Like I'm not ready to buy right now, but I want to go check it out and I want you to follow, follow me around so I can think about it. And, and so when you think about it from that perspective, again, I'm a practice what I preach kind of guy. Like I can't stand here on this podcast and on, on digital stages and real regular stages and tell people to post on social media every single day if I don't do it myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's the same concept. And so when if I'm the person who's like, I'm not going to opt into everything and I'm going to be very secretive, but I expect my audience to accept me in, I think it's kind of hypocritical. Uh, I. I don't know, to each their own, I suppose, but that's just my thought process on it. Dude, I'm I agree with you on that one. I agree. I agree. I, I personally love retargeting. I think people think that it weirds them out. I think it's so sexy. And I think the opportunity, it, it is weird. It weird. It's very weird. But guess what? It's not going away. Embrace it and use it to your advantage. It's just like the I'm totally going to go off base here, Tristan, but it's like, it's like talking about the impending foreclosures that might be coming as a result of this COVID nonsense and forbearance, right? Yeah. You can look at it from two ways. You can look at it like, oh shit, oh my God, the, the sky is falling. Or you can say, ooh, where's the opportunity here? Yes. And I just think that, you know, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you're an opportunist. You're not at the sky is falling. So start shifting your mindset to be an opportunist 100% of the time. What a great point, dude. I, I love that. And here's some of the things they're going to be tracking just so our, our listeners are aware. Contact info, location, financial info, purchases, your total contact information. So not just what we see here, like na name, email, phone number, other things as well. Um, browsing history. And I know some of you, I have some stories from some friends on browsing history. But uh, browsing history could be important for some of you that you don't want tracked. So those are some things, man. Uh, but that's that's all I have on Apple. Anything you want to add? No, I think that's I think it's interesting. And, and it's by the way, that's not even a social media platform, but it is very relevant to social media. And that's why we wanted to talk about it. Good point. Good point. All right. Next, LinkedIn. They announced LinkedIn Learning Hub to provide more what they call comprehensive skills for people in general on how to use social media and of course, how to use LinkedIn. Some of those things that you're gonna see in the Learning Hub are personalized content recommendations based on whatever you say your job is or your title, right? They'll, 
they'll align it and say, well, based on this, you should be looking at or learning these courses. Next, community-based learning, right? This way they can help either connect you with other people that they think you should be connecting with and learning how to use those community features that allow that. That's important, I thought. And then lastly, skills development. And I think that's probably the best one. And it always reminds me when I look at things like this of Google, which has all of these free courses on the back end that you could just learn from. So I think LinkedIn, because you typically associate LinkedIn with a place that that more of the educated going to school, like college, job searches, masters, masters, yeah, all that, uh, all those people gravitate to LinkedIn. It makes more sense that they would have a learning hub, right? You know what I would envision something like this eventually growing into is, you know, um, I don't know if it's called Udemy or Udemy. I never know the difference, but are you familiar with Udemy? How's it spelled? U-D-E-M-Y.com. No. All right. So Udemy or Udemy is a place where you can go and learn almost absolutely anything. Typically marketing, social media, uh, anything having to do with that for sure. And computers and other things like that. But when you go there, it's really inexpensive. And I think, wow, you know what? LinkedIn could be the place that that could beat out a company like Udemy because Udemy makes millions and they're very inexpensive courses, like nine bucks to learn how to do YouTube videos and use the back end of YouTube and do all these amazing things. Well, damn, dude, everybody goes to LinkedIn to usually professionals, right? To connect with other people. Why not keep those professionals learning in a learning environment and maybe have them pay like $10 a month for unlimited courses on every possible thing that can make you better at what you do. So I think they're, they're heading there, they're testing it out as a free hub. At least that's what they're saying here where I'm looking at, but they could easily turn around and say, hey guys, why don't we do this? And you guys have to pay for it. It's now, look at uh, what they do with their product that you have to pay for. It's a premium product called um, Sales Navigator, which turns on all the other extra features on LinkedIn. A lot of reverse prospecting. You can find out more information on those people you're searching for. And that's like 75 bucks a month. It's not cheap. So why not turn this on and be like, hey, everybody learn, but you've got to pay us 10 bucks. Where will this show up on my LinkedIn feed? Any idea? This is this is going to show up on on a top section on LinkedIn. So it's going to be one of the little. You know how when you go on LinkedIn, you pop up LinkedIn right now, yeah. and you have all of these choices. It's going to show up on on one of those choices. Well, on mobile, it just takes you straight to your feed, and so you're just scrolling your feed. Then at the bottom, you can choose my network, which is you know that's not probably a place then there's notifications which by the way if you don't pay attention to linkedin for its news like mm-hmm. every day there are days when i sit there and read through they have some really good mm-hmm. informative articles in fact i just stumbled on one that says uh you know what's the the home guess which is going to be the, the biggest force in home ownership uh in the in, you know in, in the future 
and it's mm. and it's Latinos, which is interesting. I'm going to read that article. I just sent it to myself. Oh crap! Um, yeah. yeah, send it to Sean Curley. Uh, um, believe me, I'm going to create a TikTok out of this. But yeah, it says this demographic may soon become the country's dominant group of homeowners. It's just interesting. Damn. But I, I, I didn't want to digress here. But but my point was, as you were talking, I was searching through LinkedIn and I was wondering because LinkedIn looks different on a desktop or a computer versus mobile. I'm just curious yeah. where it's going to show up at. So on desktop, you have your choices on top. You've got home, my network, jobs, messaging, notifications, and then a little section called me. And then on the top right of that is where you have a drop down menu that says work. Yep. And right there is where learning is on the drop down menu. It. Okay, cool. That's where, yeah, that's where it should be. And then I would assume though, if they wanna make it stand out more, especially if it's something they're gonna charge for in the future, I would make it its own button right next to sales navigator on the top right. Yeah, or a button at the bottom on mobile because oh, I imagine a lot of people are, you know, spending a lot of time on mobile like anything else. Although I will say LinkedIn is one of the most diverse social media apps that works very well on both, whereas most are very mobile friendly and not very computer friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. I agree. That's a very good point. And you're right about it being at the bottom, dude. It just makes a lot more sense if they're going to go. I, ha I had no idea this even existed. But I never get on it on a computer, so maybe that's why. Yeah, and you know what? That's not your fault. That's LinkedIn's fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Something for them to think about. That's that's good. That's it's, that's going to be interesting. So, uh, the Learning Hub again. If you go to LinkedIn on a web browser, and you're on the main page, over to the right, drop down work, and then one of the tabs is learning. I clicked on it, and it it gives me like six articles right there suggested for me. Interesting. I wonder, dude, we should compare and see which ones are, are, uh, are they the same or different? Right? I'll tell you, my first one is the six morning habits of high performers. Ooh, mine is get off your ass, lazy ass bastard. <laughs> that's the title. I don't think that's really true. <laughs> All right, dude, you ready for the next one? Let's do it. All right. Facebook, Facebook flags changes to newsfeed rankings. How do you, what do you think about that, dude? I think that that's been a long time coming, but the challenge has been, I mean, how do they change it up, right? So this is directly from Facebook, all right? They explain it. It says, while a post engagement or how often people like it, comment on it or share it can be a helpful indicator that it's interesting to people. This survey driven approach, which largely occurs outside the immediate reaction to a post, gives a more complete picture of the type of posts people find most valuable and what kind of content detracts from their newsfeed experience. And so what they're saying is part of, part of this is they're saying, hey, you know, just based on the things that you love normally, maybe we should be sending you more of that stuff, right? And we shouldn't be populating your, your feed with a whole bunch of news in the first place. Maybe we should be, we should be sending some of the stuff that makes people feel good instead of this shit that we sometimes get, right? So one of the big, big changes is that now they're going to be sending us more motivational things, things that inspire us and things that people naturally gravitate to, to like and comment on positively, mm -hmm. right? Not negatively. And that's, 
to me, that's a big fundamental change from the way we saw social media go, like what, six, five years ago when the election started, when we first started hearing about the Russians coming in and messing around with the elections through Facebook, right? Big, big difference now. This is, I think, very important to our audience because most of you probably have a Facebook presence and Facebook still is very relevant, like it is to you and I, Tristan, on um, you know, our businesses, right? And mm -hmm. so I, what I, what I want to ask you is, is first of all, what you just said is true, which tells me that they're getting, they're, they're taking away the advantages that the big companies or even countries had to being relevant on your time, um, on your, what the hell, on your feed, what the hell I was just trying to say, on your feed, and, and they're giving the opportunity for us little people to gain more relevant organic relevance and show up more often on our audience's feeds. Is that how you interpret this? Yeah, and, and so you're, you're right on because they also add one other thing to it. They say, hey, we're also gonna ask you, the people who use social media, we're also gonna ask if you, know, you wanna see certain posts, more of certain posts. Do you wanna see more of cooking? Do you wanna see more sports? Uh, do you wanna see more politics, right? And that's gonna matter, right? Depending on how we answer those things. So that, that just goes to, to show us and the big companies that what the consumer wants is typically what wins out at the end. Cause then you, you stop hearing things like, oh, people are leaving Facebook, right? Cause look, all you hear right now is people are leaving California, right? <laughs> That's why yes yeah. freaking taxes are so high man mm -hmm. that's why but you know it's making changes right yeah. so well here's here's my thoughts is twofold one people leave facebook for two reasons in my opinion one is because of the drama right they and so they go to an instagram or they go to a tiktok i just had somebody in my office today tell me that he loves tiktok because there's no drama and the answer is because there's no keyboard warriors yep. because they don't give you the opportunity to do that right? Facebook has just an open forum. You can be a keyboard warrior, but Instagram and TikTok are more are all visual, all video, all, you know, that's pretty yeah. much what they are. Right. So that's one reason why they're leaving Facebook. The other reason they're leaving Facebook is because they're getting sick and tired of always just seeing advertisement type posts. Yeah, true. It's which is people and let's just use real estate because that's our, that's our bread and butter, but this can apply to any industry is because so many professionals go on there and feel like they their content needs to be all around business all the time and what and you and I have been preaching this for a long time you are annoying the piss out of your audience and you're actually probably not even showing up to your real if you're a realtor you're not showing up to your actual audience the people you actually want to reach your buyers and sellers and your past customers you're showing up to other realtors because that facebook that, that's who it's relevant to and that's where the, we talk about this authenticity. And, you know, we've talked about this in Ignazium, but it's like, this gives us, like, I, again, I see this as an opportunity. I love that Facebook is doing this because what it tells me is the more likes, the more engagement that I can get, it's a game. It's all yep. a game of how can I show up on more people's feeds more often? I'll tell you how. Yesterday, the, the ice cream talk came around. Guess what I did? I documented it. And guess what? 
We all can look back at our childhood and remember the ice cream truck. We all like to see winter because she's two year old toddler and she's and it's cute. Guess what I just did. I just probably won the algorithm game because of stuff like that and get out of your own head, share more of your life. People are more interested in your quote unquote boring life because I know what you're all thinking right now. That's how you play the algorithm game. And as this changes, as this evolves, this is going to become more relevant. I agree, man. That's, that's really the key. And there's three things they want to focus on exactly what you said. More valuable content, valuable, right? Depending on who's looking at it. More inspirational content, which we said, and less divisive political stances or content. That's great. That's, that's great news because I think people will appreciate that. Yeah, I think so. And look, for those of you thinking that Facebook is dying out, they're the third most visited website in the world with 25 billion monthly visitors. So uh, no, it's it's the opposite. Yeah. They, they're right in the middle of it and they can, they can still grow massively. Yeah. All right, next, Snapchat. This was a surprise to, to you and I, Jeff, but Snapchat is now at 280 million users, wow. up 22% from a year ago. And wait, how many does Facebook have? <laughs> well, they have they have 24 billion monthly visitors. But users, it's got to be I think geez, uh 2 billion just users. Curious. I'm just curious as it relates. No, yeah, not not even close, right? Uh 2.6 monthly uh users. That's how many Facebook has. That's not even close. And then for those of you wondering TikTok, when TikTok was at 680 um, users a month, which is 680 million, 680 million. So three times Snap, okay. Yeah, so that, that puts it into perspective, but for Snapchat, who's an older company, to all of a sudden say they had a 22% increase is crazy. Like what, what happened? What do they do? Why, why all of a sudden? And when you jump in and take a look at what they've done is, when India said, hey, we're cutting TikTok off because of the privacy issues we're having, security issues, Snapchat said, hey, it's a great opportunity. Why don't we copy TikTok and use some of those great features they have and add them and push all of that into India by hiring the right people, the right celebrities out there with the right ads. And that's what they've done, dude. And they've done that throughout the United States as well. So we're seeing an uptick globally from Snapchat. And why is that important? Well, it's important because it goes to show you, you really can't count out any of these social media companies that, that keep on innovating. And dude, you and I listened to Business Wars, the, the whole Facebook versus Snapchat originally. Still the best one. Right? So good. It's hard to beat that one. Mm -hmm. But that's where you and I learned about how Snapchat functions and how Facebook functions. And just, I'm still rooting for Snapchat to just one day catch up to, to do something amazing because it was them who, who really came up with all of the ideas that we're seeing blow up right now. Like TikTok built a platform on Snapchat's idea of stories. Yep. So that, that's, what, that's why I'm like, you know what? I'm rooting for Snapchat. Just, I mean, because they're out of Venice too, SoCal, right? But still, 
I think I think they have got smart people who keep on pushing and aren't giving up and didn't sell out to Facebook. Yeah, and and my only take on Snap is simply that one, pay, you know, again, pay attention because Facebook and Instagram are cost, constantly copying it. And two, just like I, the, I think the the moral of this episode is opportunity. Yeah. There is opportunity on Snap. Uh, I don't really understand it or know what it is, but I do. I have talked to people who said they use it and they actually get business off of it. And, and I think it's mainly in just messaging. It's, it's mainly in relevance. It's the same relevance that you have on a Facebook or an Instagram or whatever. And because of stories on Snapchat. And so uh, I'm actually Tristan, I'm scripting a video right now about Gen Z and, you know, Gen Z is like age 10 to 25 and how they are becoming like, how to market to them and how they are becoming a very relevant generation. And so if you want to be relevant in 10 years, you got to, you got to start thinking about how to market to those people because the people you're marketing to now are going to be moving into retirement homes, right? They're, 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 we're, our generation is getting older and you and I are the, the Gen X, I think. Um, I think that's what we are. We're not millennials. We're the ones we're the one right above them, yeah. but um you know, I, I always tell this to anybody. It's like, if you plan on being in whatever business you're in, in 10 years, you need to be paying attention to the next generation coming. And Gen Z is it. And I'll tell you right now, out of that 280 million users, I bet you like 75% of Gen Z is using Snapchat. There's probably an opportunity there. I don't know what it is. There um, is, man. And look, going back to a couple of our previous episodes, where we talked about why YouTube keeps on winning is because they pay so much to the creators to keep creating. Like yeah. I, out of everywhere I create, I get paid the most on YouTube and I'm not even a big YouTuber, dude. I got, I get, I get about, about 15 to $2,000 a month just from YouTube. And you 15 to 2000, <laughs> what a spread. Oh, well, 1500 sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> not $15 um, from YouTube. And that's for not doing very much. I mean. Well, you're consistent and, and, you know, you have a, you have a very big audience and. Yeah, but check this out. Here's, here's the surprising part that I, this, I didn't tell you before. Snapchat has this cool thing called spotlight that they're testing out and they, they're testing it out now in 14 countries where they're giving a million dollars a day away to the video that they spotlight for that day. Wow. That's insane. That's, wow. that's what is that a, a year, dude? 30, that's 30 million a month. That's, I can't calculate, but I'm assuming- 365, 365 million, right? Yeah, that's a lot of money. What's the sustain that? I don't what's know. What's the premise? What's like, what kind of videos? Is it like TikTok style? What, what are we talking here? It's, yeah, it's short little video clips that they think are, are super cool or super hip, whatever it is that they choose based on, on those people that choose them. I don't know the process, but I can tell you it's called Spotlight and it's in Snapchat. So Google it. I'll send you the link. You know what? If you want to put the link up on the, let me, uh, let me grab it and I'll put it up on the podcast so you guys can take a look at it. But in essence, Jeff, it's, it's kind of like when you and I text each other these funny TikToks and we're like, dude, check this out now. This mm -hmm. is funny or this mm -hmm. is really good, mm -hmm. right? And that's just, it's them doing the same thing, but spotlighting it for everybody yeah. because now they picked one that's absolutely amazing and it's going to be shared. People are going to come in and watch it. 
and it creates a buzz. So is it worth a million a day? Dude, it probably, it sounds like it is if they do it the right way, right? That's smart. That's really smart. Uh, well, and again, it tells me that Snap fully intends on being relevant. And therefore that means there is potential opportunity. And it's just like we've been saying about TikTok, like we were not really sure where it's going. And now we kind of see where it's going, but we were saying this a year ago, like there is some relevance here. This platform's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. It's an amazing, it's amazing technology. You know, I'm using it to the fullest. Um, we have friends now that are getting million dollar deals as a result of TikTok. I can't wait to share that stuff. Um, it's, it's a million percent, by the way, and I will say this, uh, you know, our friend, Dan Lesniak, uh, Carrie Scholl, uh, he's Carrie Scholl's husband, for those that don't know who these are in the real estate world. And he has been doing, he's been doing a great job on TikTok. And he is, he called me today and said, I'm starting to get leads consistently from TikTok for mortgages because we're partners with them. And he said, do you want me to keep doing this? Or is this kind of stupid? Because they're all over the country. And you know, he just has been very consistent, putting out con a very consistent message about investing and he's getting people that are messaging him and it's turning into leads, <laughs> literal leads. And so I'm telling you people like get on these buses. Dude, I'm, I'm excited. I want to test out a spotlight. And just so you know, Dan, it's been cool watching Dan grow because he tried so many different avenues until he finally hit the one on investors. Yeah. And just blew up on the investment one. Yeah. So that was really cool to see. All right. Next, Clubhouse. Last but not least. You got one on Clubhouse. Tell me what you got. Well, yeah. I So I posted today. So, you know, we're, we're recording this on the 26th of April. They just updated their logo again. This is the third update since we've been on it. And we've been on it since the end of the year. So we got on it at the end of 2020. It's the third logo update with a different face, which got us thinking, why are they doing this? This is very unique. Facebook's had the same logo. Instagram's had the same logo. TikTok, LinkedIn, same logo forever. What is Clubhouse's strategy here and why is it necessarily potentially relevant? Uh, Tristan? So they switched their logo to have a female person. Her name is Drew Kataoka. It's a new face of the Clubhouse icon. And if you Trish, look her up, Irish. <laughs> I thought she was Mexican, for sure. <laughs> right? That's uh, since you know I, I'm Latino, so I thought for sure that's a, a Latino name. Anyway, uh, Google her. Drew is spelled D-R-U-E. Kataoka is K-A-T-A-O-K-A. -A and the cool thing is that. They're, I think, this is what I think they're doing, dude. Not only are they highlighting somebody that's making a difference in the world that they think is making a difference, right? But they're also kind of saying, hey, I don't think anybody's ever thought of this, but we're kind of treating the app, the logo of the app to be kind of like the Time Magazine uh, type of mag process, like, hey, this month, we're going to showcase this person. This month, we're going to put your attention to this because now they have how many users? I think they had like 7 million when you and I last checked about a month ago. 
And for people to go in and take, I mean, you noticed it. You're the one who told me, right? You posted it in the community. I'm like, what? So everybody's noticing, like, who is this person? To have that many eyes on one person and ask, well, who's next? That's pretty powerful. And if you want to make a difference in this world, especially, I think they do want to make a difference. They don't want to go the the Facebook way and and make people feel like, oh, Facebook's just in it for the money. They want to make a difference. This is definitely one way of doing that. And I'd like to see what their plan is and say, hey, who are they bringing on next? Is it going to be more philanthropy? Is it going to be about raising awareness for something? Or how are they going to treat this? And that, that's why I think it's important. When's it going to be you? Uh, right after you. <laughs> it, might be, it might be a coat. It might be a coat. They'll slash it in half. Yes. Now that's funny right there. They might slash um, that in half, buddy. He, my take on it is simply this. The, the chatter the last week was, and last, again, remember, this is uh, recording April 26th. Chatter last week was, and I heard this from several people, like uh, Clubhouse is on its way out. Like it's it's slowly dying. Oh. And you and I, and because they were having glitches last week, I think, uh, you know, the, the mystique has worn off for a lot of people. But you and I disagree with disagree with that thought process. Like we oh, think that it's very relevant. Um, the things they're doing show that they give a crap. Like they're really going to try. And and here's my my opinion on on just that simple tweak of a, of a logo, is that by doing this, they're going to probably be very strategic with different niches and different you know industries and different um, you know uh, ethnicities and all that sort of thing to where each time they do this, they're gonna be attracting a whole nother grouping of just human beings. And so this goes back to the, to the, uh, the B2C concept, like this platform as, as good as any, I think is gonna have a lot of potential for B2C type business because think about what Clubhouse is doing. They're not targeting real estate. They're not targeting you know, a specific industry. They're not just targeting you know, superstars. They're targeting everything. This is an artist. Guess what? Artists buy houses, artists buy products. And so as this platform continues to grow, which I think it will, they'll work out their kinks. They're going to add Android. Uh, There is opportunity there. And so Tristan and I will tell all of you today, and we're guilty of this too, because neither one of us are in it a lot, but we stay present. And for me, it's like once or twice a month, but I stay present. And I think that's important. It's important to stay present. So that way you're, you're there if and when something pops, because we're telling you this is another place that you can have some relevance. And Tristan, you know some people in real estate that are doing amazing things with it. So yeah, man, I don't, think don't lose sight. This is a great point that you bring up. I think they can really direct who adopts it based on who they put on the front cover. I like that a lot. I didn't think about that earlier, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I really like that. Like I, I said, it's going to be a whole nother, you know, uh, just grouping of human beings that enjoy a certain platform. And like you and I, we always talk about it. Like there's people that spend all their time on Facebook. There's people that spend all their time on Instagram. There's people that spend all their time on TikTok. And that's yeah. why if you can, if you can build it into your strategy and have a presence on as many as possible, it just allows you to touch more people. And that's why you should be cross posting your content. Like don't overthink it. Don't overwork it. When, yeah. when I create a video, guess what? I post it to two or three different platforms, sometimes five, dude, depending dude, on the content. You need, 
You need to start posting it to Snapchat. <laughs> Seriously. I probably should. You're right. Because I do target a younger audience. And you're probably right. I, I'll tell you why I've never been on Snapchat. Uh, because I forbid my children from being on it. This is this is when it first came out. And it was like, because you know how it was derived, right? It was it was course, sharing yes. sexual pictures and stuff. Of course. And so, and my, my daughters were young teenagers. And it was like, absolutely not. So I felt like a hypocrite. If I had Snap, I'm a hypocrite of a parent. I think enough time has passed that I could get on it. But um that's what that's that's transparently <laughs> that's, why i'm not on it so funny yeah. i didn't think about that that's funny yeah. well dude and, and by the way my daughters have snap now i i've, I've moved past it and allowed them to have it all right so that means you're jumping on next i don't know but you're probably right damn it i, I want to see i want to see you win a million dollars on the spotlight which be amazing story dude <laughs> you're telling you yeah you're telling me uh, and you have a better shot than I do because your videos are way better than mine. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But all right, last last thing here on Clubhouse, they just made an announcement to have exclusive content from the NFL, and I thought that was huge for those people that are saying, "Oh yeah, they're going to Clubhouse is going to die out." Well, Clubhouse just announced it, and they put it up on Twitter. They say it's official. NFL draft week is coming to clubhouse and they give you a little link and then they went ahead and updated clubhouse, the clubhouse app today, not only to change up the, the icon of who's on there, but they also made it easier for us to share events, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. It's at the, it's at the top of mine. I just opened it pre-launch party NFL. Interesting. Pretty cool. Right. I mean, uh, and now again, that, that just solidified what I just said. They Dude. are being smart. The NFL is probably the most popular, uh, maybe next to the NBA. I think it's actually more so uh, in, you know, professional sports league in the world, uh, definitely in America. And uh, the NFL does things right. Like they're a, they're a popular brand, if you will. And so smart, so freaking smart on clubhouse. Cause you're right. If you're an NFL fan, you know, the draft is this week, you know, if you turn on ESPN, that's all they're talking about. Yep. And uh, that's smart. God, that's so smart. Yeah, that was dude. I, I love their play on this. And who's to say that they won't eventually change up the app icon to switch every two weeks or every week. Right. If they're preparing ahead, like, why not switch it to the NFL logo for the week if the NFL is going to pay them like $10 million for the week? Or, you know, you know what they're probably going to do? And this would be really freaking smart. Like, what are the popular shows that just create a ton of, of conversation? Like, uh, what are the Bachelor and Bachelorette? Like, people like live for that crap. They should start creating rooms around those shows because then you're going to start attracting in, you know, all these. Oh my gosh, all these people that just want to engage because they're just so consumed with this stupid crap. I, I, I don't mean, I don't, no offense to anyone. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, like you, with, if, if there were rooms about Star Wars, if there were rooms oh, heck, about yeah, uh, Marvel or whichever one you're into, like, you'd probably both. get sucked both. into those. Both. Huh? I said both, definitely. I, I know my stepson. What we've been watching Marvel movies. Him and his, him and my wife are into. They're watching all the Marvel movies right oh, now. Oh, nice! Yeah. So I, I I have no choice. I'm like, you guys want to watch movies tonight? Yeah, we're watching a Marvel. I'm like, damn it! That's so funny. I love that man. So, anyways, all right, brother. Well, we, we this is the, probably the longest episode we've ever done. So this is a pretty good episode. I guess we just have so much to talk about. 
It's good. I'm done. That's all I got for us. Thank you for joining. Thank you to our audience for joining. Don't forget, uh, you know, like we always say, to keep to keep the uh, train moving down the tracks. You know, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review. We really appreciate those. Only if you have nice things to say. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say it, and just leave us if that's the case. It's okay. We're not for everyone. We know that. Um, but you know what? This is fun. And and by the way, I am going to tease this. I'm not sure uh, where along the line this is going to happen, but. We're actually going to break off and be our own podcast. Um, so right now we're kind of underneath the lab coats world. Um, by now, we, by this episode, we may be broken broken off. Uh, so if we are, just make sure you go find us. We'll have a new logo, same name, same everything. Just we'll be our own. We'll be on our own little world. Um, so we're looking forward to that, and hopefully that's uh, maybe it's already happened by the time this one airs. I love it, dude. I'm excited. Likewise. All right, my brother, we will uh, see you again uh, next week or in five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, one of the two. (laughs) Thanks, bro. Thanks for listening to Drunk on Social, the symposium. We are here to help you take your business to new levels through social media. Make sure to subscribe to get updates on new episodes and come join us on our Drunk on Social Facebook page. And as always, make sure you leave us a great review on your favorite podcast app. Feedback and likes are very much appreciated.